If a brand engages a diverse supplier in their brand or creative or communications work, they have the opportunity to connect with customers on a deeper level because they have broader perspective. Mm -hmm. And so in doing so, the corporation and brand has supported a diverse supplier, which is wonderful. And now we have the opportunity to create a deeper and different customer experience. So Mm -hmm. now the corporation's customer benefits And then when the corporation's customer benefits, that actually drives loyalty because their experience has the opportunity to be deeper, which drives brand loyalty and the value goes back to the brand. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. My name's Adam, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Chloe. And today, we're going to welcome the CEO and co-founder of The With Agency. Blair is a leader who embraces new ideas and challenges and leads The With Agency in helping brands uncover, articulate, and share their industry and purpose. Welcome to the show, Blair. Great to have you on today. Thank you, Adam and Chloe. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Yes, we are so glad to have you, Blair. Definitely, definitely. Blair and I got a chance to meet maybe about maybe about a month ago now, maybe a month okay. and a half ago now. And okay. we had such an incredible conversation that I was like, you have to be a guest. You have to be a guest <laughs> on our podcast and talk a little bit more about what it is that you do and what um, the WIT agency does. So, so let's start off with that. I mean, tell us a little bit more specifically about the WIT agency and really kind of what makes you guys stand out and what makes you different. What we like to say uh, at WITH is Mm -hmm. that we are a strategy-first agency built to serve brand-first companies. And and what we mean by that is um, when I say brand, I don't mean a name or a logo um, or or what shows up in a billboard. But these Mm -hmm. are companies who invest in how their brand interacts with the world, both internally through their culture and Mm -hmm. externally to their customers in a meaningful Mm -hmm. way. And of course, we're also a certified and proud WBE. That's wow. fantastic. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I mean, tell us how um, important you feel like that is, because I think for some of our listeners, they, mm-hmm. you know, corporations may think, oh, our brand is established or we right. don't really need that. You know, they kind of focus on marketing and strategy when it comes to certain like launching new products and services. But how important is it to be consistent and to continue to to build brand loyalty? Mm-hmm. 
That's a really good question. Um, so at the core of what we do for brands is solve problems. Mm. And how that translates into the importance of brand loyalty is when we say we solve problems, that can sound um, quite simple, but it's actually very different than the way other agencies operate. Oftentimes, brands approach their agencies with something that they need told. Let's use coffee as an example. Mm -hmm. a, a brand might say, hey, agency, we want the world to know that we've discovered um, this new type of coffee bean that delivers a flavor like no other flavor has, that has mm -hmm. ever been tasted before. Can you help us tell the world? And that is a very transactional relationship, which is different than how we operate. Um, clients come to us when they have a problem that they need outside perspective to solve. A fresh mind that isn't tied to their day-to-day -day org. And when they do this, it requires a certain level of vulnerability that mm. breaks down those barriers, not to steal the name of your podcast, but breaks down those <laughs> barriers. That's okay. The, Use it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're looking for impressions. So go right ahead. I'm reinforcing <laughs> your brand right now. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> so when they come to us with that vulnerability of solving a problem um, outside their organization, they remove those hurdles to get to the core of the problem, mm. which is much different than mm -hmm. just communicating a brand's benefit to an audience. So we actually become a part of, of their inner sanctum. And what that looks like when it comes to cross and services is it translates into things like brand strategy, visual identity, um, mm. design services, comms planning, advertising, um, things like that. So, right. you know, by getting to the root of, of why a business exists, not what it does, but why um, we can create the opportunity to have a deeper connection with customers, mm -hmm. which drives that brand loyalty and starts to access in the brand world, what we call heart love and heart mm -hmm. loyalty, which is opposed like to head and hand. So right. when you start to connect loyalty and heart love for a brand, then that drives more business and makes you a lot more sticky with your customers. So I love, I, I love it that you keep talking about brand strategy, right? So mm -hmm. there's a word that in there that Chloe and I love, right? Intentionality. There's an intentionality behind the brand. And I can't tell you in mentoring small businesses, how many times I'm talking to my protege and I'm looking at their colors, their website, their logo. And I'm like, so how did you come up with this? And I'm expecting this grand story, blah, blah, blah. They went, they're like, I went to like logos.com and entered in all this stuff and it spat it out at me. And so I'm like, that's probably not how we should handle branding. So yeah. Blair, talk to, so another part of our listening base is small and diverse suppliers also, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to sit there and go, well, I don't have millions of dollars like these big flags out there have yeah. to spend on branding and story and all this other good fun stuff. Mm -hmm. But also there's a real danger, right? In not having an intentionality, having a brand strategy behind your logo, behind your color, behind your websites. Talk to us a little bit about the the idea of logo.com is not a great idea and why they should engage <laughs> with agency, right? So I would say um, they're starting in the wrong place. They're at the wrong mm -hmm. starting line. So if you are a, um, if you're a startup, if you are a company, if you have a vision, if you're a product, the first thing that at the very heart of a brand, what it truly is, is not a logo or a color palette. It's a culture. Mm -hmm. So you you have the origin of a brand is is culture, mm -hmm. and. That then drives, you have to know who you are as a company and how you interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Even if you're just, you know, a, a person starting your own brand, even if it's just yourself, you have to, you have to create a standard operating procedure and a level of standard by which you work and by which you deliver what you say you're going to do for the world first. And mm -hmm. then that informs your visual identity or your logo. 
mm-hmm. and your colors, um, the way that you talk, um, mm-hmm. your character and your purpose. So I would say a lot of that work for a startup doesn't necessarily require a big budget. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of introspection. Right. Um, and a lot of times for us um, with our clients, when we do have um, a smaller client or a pro bono client, we do some pro bono, we do mm. some really intentional pro bono work. Nice. Um, very nice. We, we do our very best to provide them with tools that when mm. we go away, they can carry that tool um, on their own. Because That's the worst awesome. thing that we can do is, is, is offer them something that they can't continue to use on their own. That's great. That's, that's awesome. That is really awesome. So Blair, tell me what inspired you to, to start a creative agency like WIT. Um, th- that, you know, a little bit of crazy. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so my co-founder, Jamie Sims and I started the agency, um, because I think before we could even articulate it, we sensed the limitations that came with working transactionally. Like mm-hmm. I described before, right. a lot of agencies work in a very transactional environment and we wanted to liberate ourselves from that. Um, transactionally, the, of working transactionally, want to liberate ourselves from that model and create a deeper connection that could actually drive business for brands. Mm-hmm. So that was really why we wanted to do it. I love that. The idea of being transactional and relational mm-hmm. in marketing is a brand new, and, and I've heard you actually give that pitch before, Blair. Um, <laughs> so you gave it to me in my other position. But anyhow, um, <laughs> that's how we all got here. It's still something I'm you know, trying to get my head around because that's an amazing thought, right? Mm-hmm. Very few times, and well, never, have I ever had anybody come to me from a marketing perspective and go, hey, we really want to know who you are. And we're going to kind of take the story from there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's an amazing uh, starting point. And, I, and I'm, I'm really still just kind of ruminating a little bit on yeah. that myself. So when we first approach um, a lot of our engagements with clients, mm-hmm. um, we we start with a discovery phase, which is really mm-hmm. a listening phase. And one of our very most important guiding principles during that phase. And as we start to interact with a brand, because for a company, it's a very, very sacred thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it oh, is yes. actually oh, your yes. most it's your most valuable asset. Yeah. Um, and so when we go through this discovery phase, one of our most important guiding principles is do no harm. So a lot of work has been done to create and cultivate a brand. A lot of yes. investment oh, yes. has been made. A lot of hours have been put in. A lot of resources mm-hmm. have been spent. Um, mm-hmm. We as an agency partner are in no place to tear down any of that. Right. It's to build upon it. So we can't build upon it until we truly understand the history of it. And the the people behind it and the culture behind yeah. it and the purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for us is why we're so relational and, mm-hmm. and less transactional. It's just at the very center that allows for us to be successful at what we do. So you said, so you and your partner, Jamie, business mm-hmm. partner, hang on, I gotta be, gotta be <laughs> careful in this space. Um, you, you and your business partner, Jamie, mm-hmm. decided to step out of corporate America and start this agency. What was it that you got? Now, I know you guys just, you just said, we noticed it was more transactional than relational, but where did you guys first get that idea of, hey, we might have the cart before the horse. We should probably start with the relationship and then kind of flip the script a little bit in this conversation. What prompted you? What was the genesis of that thought? I think, he and I both had background in operating in a transactional environment. And and okay. once we got close with our clients in that bar- environment, mm-hmm. I think 
at that point is we sort of both separately had these moments of understanding of, wow, I wish I had known um, all of these things about them and their mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. before we engaged on, on all of ah, this work. Okay. Um, and the model that we were operating under just wasn't built that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so early on, before we even founded the agency, he and I would talk about this theory um, and say, you know, there's a different way to do it. And um, what if we deeply listened and immersed ourselves Mm-hmm. before we we jumped in and started doing work, which is is difficult because that's what you want to do when you're in a, a service oriented role a, a, right. as an agency. you want to you yep. want to start getting wins for your client. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but for us, I think we, like I said, I don't think at the time we, you know, I wish I could tell you like we had this very tight <laughs> business plan and right. Um, right. we knew exactly the path. but it yep. was sort of this this gut feeling that we both had and we, and we talked to each other about, mm-hmm. and we said, you know what, we're not going to force another organization to change their model. So why don't we just try to do it? If we believe in it, let's go for it. I love that. That's, I know it's, it's always, I like hearing the Genesis stories, right? Where did the thought come from? What was it that <laughs> propelled us uh, to do these, these things and take these risks? I think that, yeah. I think that's just good for our other businesses to hear too, right? That you're not the only one out there on the Island that you no. decided to take that big, scary step. So that's awesome. And that's why we call ourselves with that was, that is the purpose of the name is because okay. the, the theory and the principle behind it is with is additive. We believe that no great thing can ever be done alone. A single color will only ever be that color for the rest of its life, unless it is blended to another color and then it creates a new color. Uh, so if you actually look at our logo, that's, that's, um, I love that's that. the theory behind the logo as well. It's a single color, single color that come together, to create a new one. Okay. So it's very withish. Um, mm-hmm. We are, are very immersive and it is at the center of our culture with, within the agency and then mm-hmm. how we interact with clients. Um, that's why we named, we named it with. Um, so it was always the, the very guiding thing that was right out front. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And, and we just heard a new word, withish. We've now <laughs> made right. with an adverb. That was amazing. So this, yes. this is a day full of surprises. Uh, yes. And, you know, for our listeners who I know they can't see us, but yes, Blair's nails <laughs> are also very withish, oh, you are. know, today. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes. They've no. got multiple colors. So I just love it. You're just living that brand now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh, and you mentioned that the agency is a WBE. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about why is it important to to work with diverse suppliers, like from a corporate perspective? What it, mm-hmm. you know, since you guys have started the agency for mm-hmm. our for our organizations and our brands, how important is that? Do you think? So I think it's important globally across all categories. But the reason that it is most important in the creative and brand mm-hmm. space. Yeah. Um, takes it a step further. So um, I'll give you a, a pen analogy here. So Ooh. if a customer comes and um, interacts, let's, so Adam will use your current employer. So if they come okay. into a true, to a truest location, yep. they mm-hmm. use a pen mm-hmm. that was made by a diverse supplier. It is wonderful because that diverse supplier has been supported by the business to create this pen and be manufactured um, to be used in all truest locations. And so that's mm-hmm. a wonderful value that's been added. However, the experience for the customer is probably no different if it was mm-hmm. created by a diverse supplier or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, in the creative industry, the value circle continues. So if a brand engages a diverse supplier in their brand or creative or communications work, they have the opportunity to connect with customers on a deeper level because they have broader perspective. Mm-hmm. And so in doing so, 
the corporation and brand has supported a diverse supplier, which is wonderful. And now we have the opportunity to create a deeper and different customer experience. So mm-hmm. now the corporation's customer benefits. And then when the corporation's customer benefits, that actually drives loyalty because their experience has the opportunity to be deeper, which nice. drives brand loyalty and the value goes back to the brand. Mm-hmm. So it's really creates this sustainable model that the investment drives deeper engagement, which drives brand loyalty. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's why, especially in brand and creative services, it's so important to have diverse suppliers in your stable of partners. I totally and completely agree. (laughs) Yeah. And I think you mentioned too earlier is about creating that loyalty in your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think as consumers too, when we're making purchases or looking for different products, if we're connected from a heart standpoint, because we understand that this brand is now supporting communities that we represent. I think that that just automatically just sends another, you know, connects on a different level. Mm -hmm. That's, That's so right. I mean, if you can see yourself represented in a brand and that a brand has considered you mm-hmm. that drives such a deeper loyalty than right. if the brand is, is, is putting out a product, um, you know, or, or communicating in a way that is just very mass marketed. So when we think about just, you know, overall and just the creative space, how does good communication, you know, from a business perspective, really Mm -hmm. sort of help these businesses grow? So even, you know, just thinking about the larger Mm -hmm. corporations, but also some of the small businesses and just communicating that brand and overall just having a strategy around it. So I think that having, um, you know, if we're, we're speaking on the topic of diversity, having having multiple viewpoints is very important because mm-hmm. if you have a, a limited set of viewpoints when you go into creating your communication, you run the risk of creating, of opening yourself up to a myriad of blind spots. Mm-hmm. If, right. if you have limited yep. viewpoints, you've got a lot of blind spots. Mm-hmm. So you want to eliminate those blind spots by synthesizing a broad range of viewpoints together to mm-hmm. unite be- behind what you're trying to communicate so that you eliminate that risk or at least reduce it immensely um, Mm -hmm. by making sure those blind spots don't exist. So how do you guys take care of that, right? So if I come to you uh, at WITH, how do you guys help eliminate those blind spots as we're talking about rolling out a brand or improving a brand or, you know, improving a brand, uh, just tone of voice, right? I mean, that's another thing we discussed too, Mm -hmm. but how do you guys help with that? It comes when when we approach a brand and when we advise our partners, it's a two-pronged approach. So Internal culture is uh, is of utmost importance within a brand, but so is outside perspective and context. Mm-hmm. So we'll start yeah. with the internal. So this is where that diverse creative thought um, that we just talked about in perspective is really key. Because right. if you're limited in your mindset and you're limited in the view that's happening inside your organization, mm-hmm. you create the opportunity to eliminate swaths of people that you're trying to communicate with. So when mm-hmm. we work with, with clients, if there is a, a lack of diverse thought, we try to bring some outside perspective into that. So you have to, and the other thing behind that internally with our clients, we have to remember, we encourage them um, to live by a guiding principle of you have to have shared experience and empathy to create an emotional connection with your audience. So, Mm -hmm. and that starts from within, that's where that internal is super important. Right. And then conversely on, on the other side of it, Many times brands, um, when they're starting to carefully craft this message to connect with their clients and communicate, um, they skip the very important step of context check. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that me- that is when you when you've got this message that you've worked so hard on in your team and your agency and your partners and you've tested it and you're ready to send it off into the world. Very important step is a context check. What's going on in the world around us? What's going on with the people that we're trying to communicate with and connect with? That context check is super super important. And an example of a lot of times illustratively, this is sort of at the, at the very end point that brands drop the ball on this is it mm. comes out a lot in um, in social media. Mm-hmm. Um, when a brand is, is pushing out a campaign and one of the areas they're pushing out is, is social, but something tragic just happened in the world and they, they didn't say, you know what, we should save this message right. a minute. We should take a pause. We should take a breath right. because you become so, this is what you've been working on is so important to you. Sometimes you can forget what else is happening. Um, and then conversely, sometimes brands try to insert themselves in conversations that are happening in social justice or politics or things like that to try to pick up on a wave of communications where mm-hmm. that actually is a very risky thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and your brand needs to have a very specific role in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You should not try to jump in on it because uh, you know a lot of times our rule, you know, when you're concerned about it, it's better just to stay quiet for a minute. Because I think right. that it's, you know, to your point, like it can do more damage damage than it can good if exactly. you make mm-hmm. an, a statement and then don't have any action behind it, you know, mm-hmm. or a, a real plan right. organizationally, right. you know, exactly. Right. I think that comes back to something, Chloe, you and I talk about all the time is that's intentionality in our programs, right? That's a word that we love and we, we, we use all the time on this show. Yeah. But I think that's it. I think Blair just hit it on the head. If you're not intentional about it, if you don't know the why behind what you're doing, then you're going to do it wrong. And I think we have plenty of examples from last year where major flags went out, made a statement. Mm-hmm. They were so far off off the mark, it did more damage than good, both A, to what they were trying to help promote or or move forward, and then to the brand and its reputation as well, too. So I think that is a huge watch out that our corporates and even our small our small businesses need to listen to this too. It's not just big guys that get into this hot water fast, right? It can yeah. be small. It can be mid-sized businesses. It doesn't take much. It takes a wrong clicking of the enter key on your social media posts at the wrong <laughs> time uh, to just totally upset that apple cart. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's so important. Um, it reinforces the need for diversity of thought within your organization yes. and with your partners mm-hmm. because of very quick check with an audience right. that says, Hey, how would you, how would you receive this? Right. Um, can save you so much. Um, right. If you've got right. that perspective there that you trust. And again, that vulnerability to ask. Well, speaking of a lot of companies and what we were just talking about, you know, and their some of their commitments around social justice last year, what are some of the other mistakes that you've seen brands make when trying to tap into maybe what's relevant or trapping into people's emotional space and trying to connect mm-hmm. with them? And it may be a little less than authentic. It's easy to see in the world around us uh, right now, and especially the the times that we have experienced in the last eighteen months, and we're still we're mm-hmm. still in um, a little bit of turmoil. A lot of brands want to jump in and and put themselves in a hero seat, mm-hmm. and they want to come to the rescue of their of their customers and be an important part of their lives. But in doing so, they they at times can overstep, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the mistake happens is when brands see themselves in too important of a role mm-hmm. um, in their customers' mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. You have to, and that's why it's so, so, so important foundationally to have a sound brand strategy right. that, that is the fiber of everything that you do. And it guides mm-hmm. every interaction you have internally, drives your internal culture and your external communications. Because if you don't have that why, why we exist in the mm-hmm. world, if everyone doesn't know that, 
in your company, then you are going to quickly lose sight of your role. And it is going to be, it it can, you can really lose your way and get yourself in some hot water. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. We say know your why on this show a lot too, right? <laughs> to, to understand the why behind your actions is is a, it, it's so truly spoken. You know, and Blair, th- another thing that you mentioned is is making sure that your partners are diverse and mm-hmm. um, making sure that you've got people, you know, sort of at the seat of the table internally that are also mm-hmm. bringing different perspectives. But for companies who say, well, you know, the face of our customer hasn't really changed. We don't really mm-hmm. need to, you know, we're going to stick with the same big agencies, you know, creative agencies agencies that we've always been using. Can you talk a little bit about how important it is for some of these larger brands to think about diversifying, you know, their audience that they market to? Yep. I think that it's important on a couple of levels. It's important for brands to understand how they are meaningful to in, to an audience's life, to a, to a customer's life. It's kind of mm-hmm. what kind of goes back to what we were mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. a minute ago when you're when you're judging when to weigh in on certain issues. So it's important for brands to know how they can be meaningful to a customer's life mm-hmm. as opposed to how a customer can use their product. Mm-hmm. So, and truthfully, not all brands need to serve all audiences, mm-hmm. but I think where we're seeing brands succeed mm-hmm. in diversifying their audiences is in product innovation. And the reason why I think that this is a way that I see some brands succeeding in diversifying mm-hmm. their audience through product innovation is because they're changing perspective of attracting audiences to their products. That's what they were doing before. Instead, now they're creating products to fit those audiences. Mm-hmm. So the first before they were trying to attract audiences to a product that they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they're trying to create products to serve a new set of audiences. Mm-hmm. So it's more listening that they're yeah. doing as opposed to like listening. Oh, We're just going to build what we want to build and, you know, and hope that they come. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I love so, that. You know what? That. We, we're, we're hearing that, that there is a group out there that could really use something that we could make, but we yep. don't really make it for them yet. So mm-hmm. maybe we should make it for them. Mm-hmm. And that's how you go about diversifying your audience in an authentic way, as opposed to just saying, hey, you guys haven't been buying this and you really should. Right, right, right. That is so What's important. wrong with you? Come buy our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think that's such a great perspective. Brands oftentimes, I think, should look at, mm-hmm. you know, what are our core competencies? What are our existing yep. services and solutions? When we think about expansion or, you know, new products and innovation, I mean, that in itself is innovative. So it's not necessarily new, but it's like, what are some other customer bases that we're not Mm -hmm. currently working with that may need it? And then that's when it's like, okay, now we need to tap into some of our creative partners, our more diverse creative partners to help us with sort of marketing existing solutions and existing Mm -hmm. services to a whole new demographic of people. Oh, yes. Yes, that's exactly right. I love that (laughs) because I think oftentimes companies don't think about that. And when I think about creative agencies... Sometimes it's like, oh, we'll do your website. We'll do this. We'll right. do that. But when right. we're talking about this kind of innovation, then that's real strategy right. work. A full, it's real, a full 360 real approach. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's correct. So one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you was, you know, how do you think from a perspective of just like having just a good and positive attitude and outlook mm-hmm. really impacts a brand's success? Um, you know, that's a great question. So 
attitude is really a reflection of character. Mm. And um, when we work with brands, oftentimes we help them articulate their brand's character. And to do that, we use um, a a commonly used tool called archetypes, brand archetypes. Mm -hmm. Um, And a brand's character is its personality. So an innocent archetype, an innocent brand character exudes an attitude of optimism. Mm -hmm. And so an attitude of optimism attracts people who are seeking levity and lightness, you know, a greater good in the products that they choose. And so the way that your brand character, the attitude that it, that it puts outward to the world will attract a certain kind of audience. will attract a certain kind of person that's seeking that in Mm. the brands that they choose. Um, You know, there's other archetypes that there's, there's one called the sage and that is Mm -hmm. the all knowing. It's a very wise archetype. And so Mm -hmm. people who are seeking wisdom are attracted to that archetype. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for a brand when they are articulating their character and um, positioning themselves, the archetypes are in a wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that we do is we plot competitors because mm-hmm. the other thing you don't want to be doing is being right up on top of your competitor in the same archetype mm-hmm. um, because now you're splitting share. So right. you want right. to be further, far enough away and differentiated enough um, to be still meaningful to your audience and, and what they're seeking, but mm-hmm. not right up on top of your your competitor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think that oftentimes when we think of brands that we use or household brands, do we know what their sort of archetype is and, and does it show up in how they present Mm -hmm. their services and solutions and how they communicate to their customers, but also how they communicate internally from a Mm -hmm. culture perspective. So I think that that's something that brands just need to kind of continuously think about and think about. Yeah. You know, once we set this up, it's not something that then goes on a shelf. How do we infuse it into everything that we do? Yeah, your your character informs um, your narrative, which informs yeah. your language, which informs your word choice. And so mm-hmm. for anybody out there um, who may work in um, brand or corporate communications, you have, you know, your way yes. around a brand book. Mm-hmm. And um, that is the stuff that the best brand books um, are made of is mm-hmm. not just um, theoretical, hypothetical theories and statements, but they really need to be operationalized in a way that any um internal employee, any agency Mm -hmm. partner, any reciprocal business partner can pick up and easily understand how to articulate that brand out into the world. Right. Yeah. Love it. That's great stuff. Well, thank you so much, Blair, for coming mm-hmm. onto the show. I mean, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think for sure anyone who is wanting to figure out how do we delve deeper and really mm-hmm. connect with not only just the head, but really, really at the heart, yes. which is really what I think right. really makes the lasting impression, you mm-hmm. know, both internally and externally, then they can go and connect with Blair and her business partner, Jamie, at the WIT Agency. Yes. So you can find Blair on LinkedIn and keep up with her and all her endeavors at www.thewithagency.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our new episodes yes. and more to come. Thank you more again, come. Blair. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us and participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.